0: Section 79 of the Topaz Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nan Dodge. The Topaz Storybook. Stories and Legends of Autumn, Halloween, and Thanksgiving. Compiled by Ada M. and Eleanor L. Skinner. Section 79. The Green Corn Dance. By Francis Jenkins Olcott. The first Thanksgiving dinner in America, where was it eaten? Why, of course, we think of its being eaten in Old Plymouth town, when the pilgrim fathers spread their board with fish, wild turkey, geese, ducks, venison, barley-bread, Indian maize, and other good things, and invited the Indian king Massasoit and his braves to the feast. IT WAS A TIME OF REJOICING AND THANKSGIVING FOR THE FINE HARVEST GOD HAD GIVEN THE PILGRIMS. BUT THAT WAS NOT THE FIRST THANKSGIVING DINNER EATEN IN AMERICA. FOR MANY, MANY YEARS BEFORE THE PILGRIMS CAME TO THIS LAND, THANKSGIVING DINNERS HAD BEEN GIVEN. THE RED MEN, THE FIRST OWNERS OF AMERICA, HELD THEIR THANKSGIVING FESTIVALS EVERY AUTUMN. THESE WERE IN CELEBRATION OF THE RIPENING OF THE CORN and in honor of their manitos, as they call their gods. For until the white men came the Indians never heard of the all-good great spirit of heaven. They held other feasts, too, among them a New Year one, a maple-sugar feast, a strawberry festival, a bean dance, and a corn-gathering feast. Even today some Indians keep their heathen thanksgiving at the time of the ripening of the corn. It is called the green corn dance. Many Indians are Christians, but numbers still worship the manitos of the sun, moon, stars, wind, rain, thunder, and other things in nature. Though some of these heathen red men speak reverently of the great spirit, they seem scarcely to understand who he is, and confuse him with their manitos, as may be seen in the hymn that introduces the feather dance. Among some tribes of the Iroquois family in New York State, the green corn dance is still celebrated, and this is how a visitor saw the dance at the Cattaraugus Reservation. As the time for the festival approached, certain men and women of the tribe, called the keepers of the faith, began to prepare for the dance. Every morning at sunrise the women went to the cornfield and picked a few ears and took them to the head man at the council house. When he decided that the corn was sufficiently ripe, the feast was called. Summons were sent to the Indians at the Tonawanda and Allegheny Reservations, bidding all meet at sunrise on the 10th of September in the council house of the Cattaraugus Reservation. On the morning of the feast the men, keepers of the faith, arose at sunrise and built a fire. ON WHICH THEY THREW AN OFFERING OF TOBACCO AND CORN, AND THEY PRAYED TO THE GREAT SPIRIT TO BLESS THE TRIBES. THEY THEN EXTINGUISHED THE FIRE, AND LATER THE WOMEN-KEEPERS OF THE FAITH BUILT ANOTHER IN THE SAME SPOT. THEN THE PEOPLE BEGAN TO ARRIVE ALL IN THEIR BEST CLOTHES. WHILE THEY WERE WAITING FOR THE CEREMONIES TO BEGIN, THE YOUNG MEN PLAYED BALL, AND THE GIRLS WALKED ABOUT TALKING WITH EACH OTHER meanwhile the women keepers of the faith hastened to prepare soup and succotash which were soon boiling in large kettles suspended over huge flaming logs after a little while the people began to move toward the council house a long low wooden building with a door at the northeast end and another at the southwest the people entered in two lines the women through one door and the men through the other All took their seats on benches arranged on three sides of the room. In the center of the room sat the singers, and the musicians with their turtle-shell rattles. When all was quiet, the speaker began the ceremonies by a prayer to the great spirit, while the men with bowed uncovered heads, Indians do not kneel, listened reverently. After the prayer was finished, the speaker, lifting his voice, addressed the Indians. MY FRIENDS, HE SAID, WE ARE HERE TO WORSHIP THE GREAT SPIRIT. AS BY OUR OLD CUSTOM, WE GIVE THE GREAT SPIRIT HIS DANCE, THE GREAT FEATHER DANCE. WE MUST HAVE IT BEFORE NOON. THE GREAT SPIRIT SEES TO EVERYTHING IN THE MORNING. AFTERWARDS HE RESTS. HE GIVES US LAND AND THINGS TO LIVE ON, SO WE MUST THANK HIM FOR HIS GROUND AND FOR THE THINGS IT BROUGHT FORTH. HE GAVE US THE THUNDER TO WET THE LAND. So we must thank the thunder. We must thank Dio, that we know he is in the happy land. It is the wish of the great spirit that we express our thanks in dances as well as prayer. The cousin clans are here from Tonawanda. We are thankful to the great spirit to have them here and to greet them with the rattles and singing. We have appointed one of them to lead the dances. WHEN THE SPEAKER FINISHED THERE WAS A PAUSE, THEN A SHOUT OUTSIDE THE COUNCIL HOUSE TOLD THAT THE FEATHER DANCERS WERE COMING. THEY ENTERED THE ROOM, A LONG GRACEFULLY SWAYING LINE OF FIFTY MEN, CLAD IN INDIAN COSTUME, GAY WITH COLOUR AND NODDING PLUMES, AND WITH BELLS ADORNING THEIR LEGGINGS. SLOWLY AND MAJESTICALLY THEY ENTERED AND STOOD FOR A MOMENT NEAR THE ENTRANCE. Then the speaker began in a high voice, the hymn of thanksgiving to the great spirit, while the dancers, in single file, commenced walking slowly around the room, keeping step with the beating of the musician's rattles. Each verse of the hymn thanked the great spirit for some benefit, for water, for the animals, for the trees, for the light, for the fruits, for the stars, and, among other good things, for the supporters." the three Manito sisters, the guardians of the corn, bean, and squash. After each verse, the dancers quickened their steps and danced rapidly around the room. When the hymn was finished, the speaker ordered the real dance to start. Then, still in single file, the dancers began the great feather dance. Erect in body, yet gracefully swaying, They moved around and around the council house, keeping time with the rhythmic beat of the rattles that sounded now slow and now fast. Lifting each foot alternately from the floor, every dancer brought his heel down with such force that all the legging bells rang in time with the music. At times the movement grew very swift, and the many lithesome twistings and bendings of the dancers. Their shouts to one another and the cries of the spectators filled all with keen excitement. During the slower movements some of the women arose and joined the dance, forming an inner circle. Then the dancers sang a weird chant in company with the singers. Ha-ho, 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 they sang. Then all present joined in the quick refrain. we ha Weha way ha ha ending in a loud, guttural shout as the dancers bowed their heads, Hi! Hi! When the noon hour came, the great feather dance was over, and two huge kettles were brought into the council house, one full of soup and the other of succotash. One of the men, keepers of the faith, said a prayer of thanksgiving, in which all joined, and the food was poured into vessels brought by the women. It was then carried to the homes where the Indians enjoyed eating it by their own firesides. The feast was over for that day, but it lasted two days more, during which the tribes gambled, danced, ate, and beat their drums. The visitor who saw this green corn festival wrote afterward about the closing scene, the great snake dance, the nodding plumes, the tinkling bells, the noisy rattles. The beats of the high-strung drums, the shuffling feet and weird cries of the dancers, and the approving shouts of the spectators, all added to the spell of a strangeness that seemed to invest the quaint old council-house with the supernaturalness of a dream. As the sun neared its setting, the dancers stopped in a quiet order, and the speaker of the day bade farewell to the clans and, after invoking the blessing of the great spirit, declared the green corn festival of 1890 ended. End of section 79